Welcome to another episode of the Kinky Sexy Cool Podcast. Today, I am being joined by Dr. Jamel Hodges. Hello, Jamel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great <laughs> on this uh, sunny September day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just want to go ahead and get started. I want you to just give us a brief intro about yourself and uh, we'll get right into it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as she already said, my name is Jamel Hodges, um, born and raised in the South, in South Carolina. Um, actually know Quanta from college, so uh, we, we can share some stories later um, or, may, or, or maybe not. Um, no, no, it's cool. It's informal. <laughs> but um, but nah, you know, um, went to undergrad um, with, with Quanta in South Carolina as well, um, ended up you know, going to get my master's uh, and also get my doctoral degree. So now I, uh, you know, I, I work at an institution in, in the South as well. Um, still been still at it, you know, eight years later. Um, and those things are important, but not as important as, uh, you know, what my passions are. Right. Like my passion is black people. Um, my passion is, you know, um, our black students and um, in higher education. My passion is making sure that um, those people who, who look like me um, have an experience that, uh, that they should have, um, not an experience that uh, is similar to that of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, but one that is better. Um, and so that's, that's where I am right now. Um, you know, I, I work a lot in education, but then also, you know, I pay attention and I, and I look at a lot and I, and I observe a lot um, of what's going on in America as a uh, as a whole. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I am and, you know, who I am and some of the things and the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm here today. That's actually amazing. Um, I, I didn't know the extent, but. Um, so you are in higher, I mean, you work in higher education or at an educational institution. Is right, that, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how important is that for you to, to, to be that representation for them? So for me, it's, it's extremely important. So I know when I was coming through um, in undergrad, I did not have someone who looked like me or a bunch of people who looked like me. Um, that I felt like I could go to, right? Like, mm-hmm. as a black person, not just a black man, right? Like, as a black person in general you know, on a college campus, especially on, in the undergrad, you kind of have to create your own sense of community um, mm. because one is not created for you. So um, that was something that in undergrad and Kwame, you were there, you know, like yeah. as as black students, we were forced to do that. You know, although we had, you know, some organizations that, um, you know, did that helped out that experience. Um, but for the for the masses, for the general population, we had to create our own space, our own sense of community within ourselves, yeah. because there just wasn't a, a, a atmosphere um, that was conducive to us. Um, so we created it ourselves. And so, what, for me, in working in higher education, I want our students to feel like they don't have to do that. Right. Um, and they feel like there are people um, who look like them, who are ready to support them, be there yeah. for them, 
strengthen them, you know, be a shoulder to cry on, all of those different things that honestly, when, when I was an undergrad, just wasn't there. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say one name, and that's the, about the only name that we can really say that was there on campus all the time. And that's Dr. That's, that's Stacey Williams. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, that was it. And so when it came down to, you know, me making the choice to go into higher education, I wanted to be Stacy Williams for all of my students. But then at the same time, mm. I wanted to be able to um, put myself in a position to create an entire department of Stacy Williams. So mm. instead of the students having to create their own network, yeah. um, the network has already been created for them. Because that's what, I mean, we look at like other students, like that's, that's what it is, right? We look at our, and not necessarily, you know, saying that our white students are bad or anything like that. Oh, yeah. But, but in reality, when, when white students go to college, a lot of that is created for them, right? Yeah. Like it, 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 historically, it has been created for them. Um, for our black students, that's not the case. Um, and so for um, a lot of black higher education professionals, whether they're on the academic side or the student affairs side or any other side, right? Whether it's alumni and development or institutional research, whatever it is, you know, black people, um, I feel have to be visible um, and, and accessible. And I, and I think that's for me in the positions that I've chosen, I've been able to be both of those things, visible and accessible yeah. um, for students. So when they create, you know, when, if they feel like they have to create that community or their own, uh, foster their own sense of belonging, um, I'm right there helping them every step of the way. So even if the university says, you know, hey, we're not going to do anything else to support you, you know, yeah. you still have a person or at least a group of people um, yeah. who are there to support you. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and I think we're, you know, speaking from the standpoint of, you know, attending um, a predominantly white institution versus uh, an HBCU, you know, you tend to gravitate more towards people who look like you mm -hmm. because there's this unspoken um, understanding that we have. Like you don't, it's, it's, it's just like, I don't know if we're like telepathically communicating to one, <laughs> another, but it's an understanding and it's, it's something you don't have to say. You just get it. Right. And, um, yeah, that's. I mean, I think representation is 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 crucial. But you know, the, I feel like when I first got there, they said that that was like the largest um, black uh, enrollment that they've had in oh I don't know if ever or historically at that moment. So I was like, huh, you know, um, that that I guess that made me feel. It made me feel good because it's like, okay, these are people that look like me. They understand me. Like, I don't have to explain anything. We kind of feel some type of, um, uh, what's the word I'm searching for? Connection. Um, connection, togetherness, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. So at our institution, you know, it was really small. We had like 3,500 students. Um, Thirty, I think it was like 33 at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so for um, black students, it was very easy for us to connect with each other because the university was so small. 
Yeah. Uh, that when we, you know, it doesn't matter whether you were an education major or a business major or a biology major or whatever your major was, you were bound to come across or cross paths with pretty much every black person that went to that school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so it, it became, um, you know, familial um, and yeah. in, in so many words, um, you know, in, in the black community at the institution. But and not to knock our undergraduate institution at all, um, because I feel like, you know, there in our time, at least um, there were intentional programs put in place that wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been there had it not been signed off on by the university as a whole. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So that minority uh, minority advising program would not have been there if it wasn't approved by you know, the university as a whole. That was a grant funded program um, that that Stacey Williams, uh, that she ran. Um, so I'm not saying that university did not have our black students best interest at heart. However, um, to be very transparent, uh, when we see, when we, when we saw leadership positions and when we saw those who were you know, I'm, I'm not going to say thrusted into leadership positions, but mm-hmm. in, really encouraged to uh, go for those leadership positions. They didn't look like us. No. Um, when we <laughs> when we saw it, I mean, it, and it just it just was what it was, you know, that um, is, yeah. and and not saying that, you know. Our institution was inherently racist, like, nah, like, no, nobody's saying that. But what we do have cognizant of. Um, is that the institution of higher education in general, like in, from its inception um, in America, was not built for people who look like me and you. No. So, so when we when we get down to the actual issues, right, like the actual problems um, within the black community as it relates to higher education, we have to be very cognizant of that. And so when you know you get you know, Kwana and Jamel coming through, you know, you, uh, I can say the name of the school, right? Oh, yeah. yeah All right, yeah. cool. I, I was trying not to, but I feel like I'm going to say you it good, anyway. You good. <laughs> so I need to ask permission. But, you know, when we come through USC Aiken, you know, uh, we're already feeling certain pressures, right? We didn't go to an HBCU. So no. when we walk in, we're not hearing, I think at the time, let me see, I'm about to tell my age, but at the time, mm-hmm. you know, Lil Wayne, T.I., Young Jeezy, yes, you know, absolutely. they were hot, like mm-hmm. hot, hot. They're mm-hmm. the hottest they have ever been. And so, yes. you know, we didn't hear that music playing on the speakers. We heard Cotton Eye Joe. And so mm. that, like, it already wasn't a, a space where we felt 100% comfortable with being our authentic selves. Mm, um, like we would get in an, at an HBCU, but yeah. but the community at USC Aiken was so strong that we didn't care. We yeah. didn't care that we weren't at an HBCU. We actually, uh, and we used to say this all the time in undergrad. And I know people who go to HBCUs or graduated from HBCUs hate when we say this because we went to a PWI. But we created our own HBCU experience. Right. Uh, As relates to Greek life, we made sure that we were active. And I mean, active 
almost, if not once a week, every other week. Greek life was booming at USC again in that time. Um, and we, because of, because of that, Greek life kind of drove what the Black community did um, and how active the Black community was um, at USC it, again. It definitely played a major part, for sure. Yeah, like, I, I, I'll never forget um, when I when I first got into the, organiz- in the organization that I'm a part of, shout out to the Alphas, you know what I'm saying? Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated by way of the Sigma Tau chapter seat at the University of South Carolina Aiken. You feel me? Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> um, we, we were very intentional in how we engaged the campus. Um, a lot of people may not know exactly, you know, the intentionality behind it, but we created experiences specifically for USC Aiken that we may have been, we may have taken from or at least adapted from um, HBCUs. Uh, like we would just get out on the, uh, and, and the Deltas did the same thing, right? Like it wasn't a, it, it really wasn't a thing for um, the alphas or the Deltas to get on uh, the, the sack patio and right. do, a, do a little mini stroke, I mean, mini step show, you know what I mean? And actually <laughs> step, you know, and actually step, not, not fake step, you know, like actually step. Um, and so at, at a lot of other institutions, you may not have gotten that experience. Um, but you definitely would have gotten that experience at an HBCU. So we were very intentional about bringing that type of experience to the PWI, um, specifically for our Black students. So, so that I said all that to say, uh, that, was, uh, that was really long-winded, and I'm so sorry. No, you're um, fine. <laughs> but I said all that to say that we created our own experience um, in spite of. Um, and that experience is what cause a lot of people to say or causes a lot of people to say I would go back to USC at like right now if it could be like it was when I was in college yeah I would go yeah. back right now absolutely um th- oh this is a lot this is a lot to unpack um because you know in undergrad you know oh my gosh where do I even begin <laughs> Greek life it's, it's so much you know um, you just you connect with people, you you build relationship with people. Like even I remember, um, oh my gosh, before I pledged, I was uh what do you call that? Uh, when when you're doing the orientation. Oh pace- you're, you're, yeah, pace setter. Yeah, you orientation. I, yeah, I was I was a pace setter for two two years. And um, you know, that's and I, you know what? There are just certain things that you do and you don't even realize the impact right. of it until after the fact. And that was one of those things. Um, for me, it was never really about, oh, I need to represent um, so that the student's coming, they can see a black face, um, right. something familiar. So it was just really all about, oh, that sounds fun. I want to do that. It, it sounds like something I can get involved with on campus and you know, get my name out there or whatever. And, um, you know, even when I think back, I can remember certain people's faces. And then when people can, like, um, they can, um, oh, gosh, you have to forgive me. My brain is, like, no, not you good. working. You good. 
they can, you know, put a, a name with a face. They can, you know, uh, put your face with an experience and they can say, okay, well, I remember Shaquana because she was my pace setter and she helped me with X and Y and Z. Because when mm-hmm. you're a student, when you're a brand new student, you don't know. And the campus was small. It really and, was. And, and you don't know much and it, and it is easy to navigate. But when you're just like totally brand new to something, it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. So just being that person, being there to kind of help guide and bring in this new class or these new classes into the university, it just it was something I took serious, but it was also a role that I fulfilled and I felt like I was helping mm-hmm. guide these students and you know transition them from high school to college and then letting them know like, okay, it's going to be all right. Like, we got you. We're going to support you. Like, we're here. You see us on campus. Don't be afraid to walk up and talk to us and ask us questions. If you have questions about classes, what class you're going to take, your major, professors, anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, just that in- involvement. And then, of course, transitioning into Greek life, that was something I was um, – I felt like it was a responsibility that I took seriously and I wanted to make sure that um, the Deltas on campus were represented um, in the most prestigious light, (laughs) prestigious way possible. Mm -hmm. Like I just want Mm -hmm. them to know we're about our business. We came to service our community you know on campus as well as around town there are certain things that we did but uh, I just felt like it was my responsibility to represent in a good way mm-hmm. because I, I, I your image is everything your 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 reputation is everything right and perception and, is reality whew. okay yeah. Like, yes, you know, especially being Greek, like, you got, can I cuss? Oh, yes. Okay, I'm just making sure, because, you know, you never it's, know, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm, I'm clear, I'm informal, seriously. Good, good, I just had to make sure, you know, but <laughs> as, a, when you're a part of a Greek organization, you really got one time to fuck up. Like, oh, you, you black really, Greek organizations? Yeah, you got one time. You okay. got one time. And once, and once you have messed it up, you've messed it up for years. Yeah, and okay. it takes so much time and effort to rebuild mm-hmm. the reputation yeah. um, of your of your chapter because you like, and really the entire organization. Like if you're if you're an alpha, and you go to a campus and you fight somebody on campus, now it's the alphas. All, all they do is fight. Yeah. It happened one time. Mm-hmm. You don't talk about the GPA. You don't talk about all the community service hours. You don't talk about uh, uh, Alpha Dress Up Wednesdays. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't talk about those things. All you talk about is, yeah, I don't know, man. Alphas live a bunch of riffraff because they got in a fight. But that was yeah. one time. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so perception is reality. And once you met, once you fucked it up one time, you might as well go ahead and just save it till after you graduate because it's like you're not going to get another chance. Unless, you know. Unless you just take, you know, you, unless you focus in on that, 
But after that, like, damage is done. That's that's very true. And the, and the thing I, I I'm just remembering an article I read in the newspaper years ago about this fraternity um, on USC on their campus. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe they got I don't know if they were hazing or so I don't even know. But um, I just feel like much like. Uh, you know, when it comes to, <laughs> I don't want, I don't even want to equate this to prison, but anything, or it could be, it, you can equate it to, you know, when it comes to um, harsher terms or, or black students being uh, uh, um, reprimanded unfairly, uh-huh. you know, at a disproportional rate than white students. Oh, right. Black organizations, white organizations, you know, I, I feel like they don't get a bad rap. Their rap is not as bad as ours because we are black. And, you know, um, I've never really been that person. Oh, I'm going to play the black race card. That's It's not that. It is reality. That's yep. a fact. That's a fact that, you know, this black man is going to get life because he was selling and trafficking drugs and this white man may not. Right. I mean, these are uh these are actual things right like these are actual issues Situ- yes <laughs> like these, this is not something that people are just making up and pulling out of their yeah. ass you know what i mean yeah. like it's i mean also you you giving me the green light because so yeah. yeah um it's your fault i blame you but um <laughs> okay. but it's it's like these are actual situations you know mm-hmm. um when when we look at dylan roof right dylan roof like literally went into a church, in, in a church, murdered nine people, mm-hmm. and here, and it would have been ten mm-hmm. if he didn't tell the person. He said, "No, I want you to live, so you can tell mm-hmm. everybody what mm-hmm. happened." Mm-hmm. And then, and like at, in my mind, and this is just my mind. In my mind, I would think that that individual would be treated with all the hostility that you mm-hmm. could possibly have. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case. It's it's a little motherfucker, the Burger King. Hmm. Have it your way. (laughs) Have it your way. (laughs) He he literally like just murdered nine people. Nine people. And he's treated with a certain decency. And I'm not saying that he didn't deserve decency. You know what I'm saying? And so because when we have these conversations, like, oh, they should have shot him on sight. Like, I'm not saying that. You know what I mean? Like, we want justice to be served. You know, in his case, just like we want justice to be served in any other case. What I yeah. am saying, though, what I am saying is he was treated differently yes. than black men who mm-hmm. have done lesser crimes. Mm-hmm. And for or me, nothing at or all. Nothing at all. I sit <laughs> I sit back and, and the hostility that is is. um you know, that, that, that is shown towards black people um, in general, because um, it's not just black men, you know, it's black people in general. Oh, you, yeah. you have to reconcile within yourself what kind of black person, quote unquote, you're going to be. What kind of black person you're going to be today? Am I going to be the black person? Am I going to be my authentic self? Yeah. You know, the, the, the person I am, Kwani, you know me, you know what I'm saying? Am I going to be the Jamel that was in college? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Fun-loving, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, 
I ain't gonna say everybody loved Jamel, but you know, people like I was cool with a lot of people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I was, I didn't, I didn't bring up issues with people. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I didn't stay to myself, but I also wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Always in the negative mix. Right. Right. And but I was, I was just chilling majority of the time, and. You know, with that comes a, a, a whole different level of um, of conversation when you start being in situations with, you know, officers who don't understand that, yo, I'm just chilling. Like, I don't mean no yeah. harm by no to nobody. Like, I'm literally just chilling. Um, Minding my business. Minding my business. But when somebody comes to you and they're automatically already on the defensive, mm-hmm. anything, anything you say, anything you do is going to be uh, uh, amplified times ten. Mm. You know, like you're you're already, you know, at, at a at a disadvantage in the situation only because yeah. the person, like, it's not not because of you. It's because that person feels yeah. some kind of threat to um, um from you. And the question you have to ask is, bro, why why why, why you feel so threatened? You're right. Facts. And I I think it's you know okay so. Ugh, this is this has to be a learned behavior because there's no way in the world you unless you're the spawn of Satan you come out of your mother's womb hating someone because of the color of their skin purposely mistreating them because of how they look or because you had a bad day or because you got it in your mind that you have it out for them and they did absolutely nothing to you right. or because someone said something to you. I, you know, I think I saw um, a video uh, of this officer. He was talking to you know this guy and his wife in their truck, all white people. And I mean, this this guy was cussing the officer out, raised his voice. Yeah, I saw it. I saw him and, and I'm like, so you're not going. OK, he's just, <laughs> he's just, I'm pretty sure he threatened him. He said probably oh, yeah. they threw I think they threw something at him and you just you you OK, like. And, and we just waiting, right? Like we're yeah. and it's not. I like, know something happened. Yeah, right. right. Like for me. When I see things like that, I'm not hoping that something happens to that individual, but because of how, you know, everything, because of how black people are are interacted with by Mm -hmm. some police officers. So let me say, like, it's not all police officers, but some police officers, um, the the way they treat black people, um, I almost be waiting. Like, if I see them, when I see them going at somebody... Um, uh, who who's white? Um, and that person is like really being a brat. Um, I think that's the only <laughs> word I can use to describe it right now. They're really being a brat, and they're they're threatening no, stuff yeah. and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then they walk out, yeah. And nothing's done. I'm like, all right. Now look, Philando Castile was literally in his car, chilling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After telling the police officer he had a, a, a concealed weapons permit, he had a police acknowledged that. All right, cool. Thank you for telling me. Um, 
and he pulls his, he reaches for his license. Pop, 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 bro. He literally just did what you told him to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you carry your wallet, but I carry my wallet in my back pocket. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it it's it's situations like that that you know all like you gotta wonder. You just gotta wonder what the hell going through your mind. And you know, I I I think a lot of these people are um they're brainwashed. Well, you know they have to be. You know, Quana, I I I had to I had to really I really did have to go and do some soul searching on that, um, because I, I was I would say the same thing, right? Like I used to say, "Oh yeah, they brainwashed." But the more I did a little bit more digging and all that good stuff, you realize like it's not brainwashing. What it is is there's an implicit bias hmm. um, that that is, and, and again, that is taught. It may be taught in media, it may be taught at home, mm -hmm. but it but it is taught. You know what I mean? But it's an implicit bias that people just don't even know that they that they have, right? Now, here's the thing, here's the difference between implicit bias and preference. I prefer to date black women. Mm -hmm. Right? But I don't I don't see any less value in a white woman. Right. You know what I mean? Like I just prefer to date black women. Ain't nothing wrong with white women. I just prefer to date black women. That's it. Yeah. It like that's it just that just is what it is. That's not an implicit bias. Now, what is an implicit bias is if I would say, yeah, I don't fool with white girls because you know what I'm saying I, I heard about them and they just they just uh-uh, uh-uh. Right. But you but you've never dated a white woman. Right. You know what I'm saying? You've never really experienced life with a white woman at all. Like you pretty much just stayed in your black corners. I bet that's implicit bias, man. Like it's internal, and you don't even know why it's there. But yes, it's there. yes. You know what I mean. So we flip yes. that. You know, like I I use that example as a black man. You know what I mean. But we flip that to uh, white individuals, right? Yo, it's the same thing. You hate me, and you don't even know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't even. I'm not even gonna say hate. I'm gonna say you dislike me. You see less, you see less value in me as a black person than you see in your white counterparts, and you mm -hmm. don't even know why. That's the implicit bias part of it, and I don't. And, and again, I don't know that it's brainwashing, um, because brainwashing kind of implies that somebody picked you to be some uh, uh, to to wipe your mind from your original mm -hmm. thinking and change mm -hmm. your mind. Like, nah, that's not what's happening from birth you know like people are media media's pulling us a certain media way is, yeah absolutely. you know um, um our families are pulling us a certain way like even in the mm -hmm. black community right like mm -hmm. um i, I had to check my own mama on some stuff that she say out of pocket and i'm like yo mm -hmm. you, you can't say that you can't can't say you know, that. oh my gosh that is listen that's on a whole nother level but i feel you on that though yeah i mean it's 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 so tough because within our communities we we try so hard right like we really do try mm -hmm. um, i feel at least i feel i feel like we try really hard oh yes you gotta work twice as hard yeah we we try so hard to get everything right to dot all of our i's and cross all of our t's but um it's it's difficult as a as a person 
who really, you know, has experienced this. It's just my experiences. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's literally right. all I got to all I got to go off of is me. But then to see others experience the life um, that they or experience life the way that they have experienced life through social media, it does create um, this entire uh, separation. You know, like I, I know that we are treated differently and I don't understand why. You know, until you do how do something. you how do you explain that to children? That's the that's the heartbreaking part to me because I'm like these children are innocent, and of course we were once children as well. But I just think it's it's um it's a hard conversation, but it's a necessary conversation that we all must have. Yeah, you know, especially when I decide I want to, you know, <laughs> have some babies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but for, I mean, but it, it, it is such a tough conversation, and I, I you know, I got, I got a little, I got a little boy, and I don't know how yeah. that conversation is gonna go. And actually, I've asked myself that same question so many times. You know, like how, how do you have a conversation with your child and let them know, like, hey, look, I know that right now you have a lot of white friends. And I know that you're going to have a lot of white friends in your lifetime. And the unfortunate reality, you're, you're going to be in a space where you're going to realize that you're treated a little bit differently than them. Like, how do you, like, then what? Right? Like, that's, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you offer it up in this, in this nice package. And yeah. it's like, all right, cool, Jamel. That was nice. Like, that was real nice. Yeah. But then when the questions started coming, yeah. What then? What you know? what I'm saying. So I think for me, it's it's such a delicate situation, but it's, it is. But it's also such a uh, such a necessary situation because you got to have the conversation. You gotta. Speaking of, um, you know, the youth. I mean, one day they're going to be in our shoes. One day they're going to be our age. So. How how do we set them up for success? And I mean, I guess that kind of goes back to um, what you know. Some of the notes we have: um, uh, financial literacy, workforce, mm-hmm. um, degrees. You know, and I kind of want to kind of talk about degrees, or uh, you know, or higher education. Mm-hmm. What are your What are your thoughts on higher education? Because I, I'm I have to be completely transparent. Um, I feel like if your degree is not um, STEM related, why get just get a trade? I mean, I'm I mean, <laughs> I'm being honest <laughs> because I mean, look at the student loan debt. Look, yep, 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 yep. I don't know about you, but no, oh, yeah. I can't help you. Not this month. Not next. <laughs> right, like. No, that's real life, man. So, so I tell you. So here's my here's my um, my outlook on on um, higher education, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you did hit on something, right? Like the STEM fields, particularly um, the medical, hard sciences, um, engineering. Uh, you know, those fields they make a lot of money fairly quickly. 
um, because, you know, of the skill set. Uh, even architects, right? Like, but architecture is more of a, a art thing than a science thing. Mm-hmm. But I tell you this, I f- I honestly feel like there has to be. You're always gonna have educators. Um, oh yeah. You always you always gotta have teachers. Um, there are efficiencies um, and um, effective measures that are put in place that have to be enacted by staff, you know, um, educated staff. Um, and when I say educated in this term, I do mean um, book educated as opposed to, you know, life experience educated. YouTube um, University. <laughs> right. You know, like, cause I mean, you can learn a lot on YouTube, but at the same mm-hmm. time, how do I know what you know, unless you've, proven it in some way shape form or fashion yeah. mm-hmm. and that's where the degrees come into play um but i will say this i don't feel like every student every um k-12 student is destined to go to college mm-hmm. um I, I do i do not feel that way i don't feel that college is for every single individual i do feel that we have to be realistic in our conversations with our children because yeah. reality is this we can say all day, like I just said, oh, yeah, college ain't for everyone. But how are we framing that? Yeah. Are we framing that in a way of you don't need education? Or are we framing it in a way of you can still be educated um, and not do formal education? Mm. Or you and, can still be successful without having... Be, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think... When we, a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, you don't need, you don't need the education, education, but they do. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they do. Because even if, even if you are a, let's say you, you pick up a trade. For example, my dad, my dad is a pipe fitter, Mm -hmm. right? My dad does not have secondary education or post-secondary education. Excuse me. He graduated from high school, tried college, um, had to um, go to work for his family, Never went back to college. But my dad will read books on top of books on, yeah. type of on top of books. And so while he's taking care of his family financially, he's never stopped learning. Yes. Now, is math his thing? No. Are computers his thing? No. But let me tell you something. The man will read more books in a, in a month than I'll read in my entire lifetime. You know, like he comes home and he tells us, hey, he, he, I'll never forget. He told me, he said, you, your brother and your sister, y'all are just different. Y'all, y'all yeah. are different. Like your sister is going to be your non-traditional um, success. She's not going to go in uh, like she'll go. She's going to go to college in which she did eventually finish. But like her thing, like the way she's going to get it done is she's just going to go get it done. You know what I'm saying? Like, by any means necessary, she's going to figure it out and go get it done. Meanwhile, my, my younger brother, he's gonna, he needs a certain set of structure. He needs yeah. a certain structure in place to, you know, for him to be uh, not necessarily just successful, but to put him in an a opportunity for him to be successful. Because yeah. if, if not, without that structure, if given the opportunity for, for that... Um, 
for that success, he may not take it if that structure isn't already in place. So, I, I can definitely agree with you on that. And so my, my younger brother, he's in the military because that structure offered him a space to be successful. But then there was me, right? You know, I was very proactive with my grades and all, I, I was really book smart. Um, but I will be very honest. I did not have much get up and go when I was in high school. My get mm. up and go revolved around football and track. That's it. If it weren't like my grades were good so I can go to football practice and go to track practice. That was mm. it. <clears throat> so oh go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead no, no. i'm gonna ask a question so do you do you feel like or do you think the bachelor's degree is the new diploma yeah because i'm gonna be real with you jamel um when before i even graduated i was like okay kwana Girl, you know you're not ready going to work for us. You just try to go to grad school and get your little master's degree. And that's what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. And um, so there's this program. Um, <clears throat> oh my gosh, it was um ma- as a master's in marketing research or something or another in Georgia. And I, I wanted to go to it. And I was like, you know what? I would love to go there. And I, I'm pretty sure I applied, but I didn't get in because Full transparency, when I pledge, my grades drop. I lost my scholarship. I hated that. You know? Mm-hmm. I was so, I, like, I don't perform well under stress. And I was like, oh, this sucks. You know? But um, it is what it is. That's what happened. So I never, I was never, and then, uh, you know, you had to take the what, the GMAT or the GRE. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's stressful. I'm like, oh my gosh, more standardized tests. I, what am I going to do? And so I was like, you know what? Well, I guess I'll just work and then I'll try to go to grad school. And I did that. And I, I remember um, I visited the campus and um, I was like, you know what? This is nice. I want to try to see if I can get in. And, you know, that goes back to that representation thing. I'm looking. There's like, yeah, you can get you actually get to visit one of the classes and see the, uh, sit in um, sit in there, meet the students or whatever. I was like, cool. I like that. One black person in there. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> but that one, it made me feel a little, you know, less stressed. But I was still like excited. Like, okay, cool. Um, black people are in the market research, you know, however nerdy that sounded. But um now, fast forward 2020, um, I'm I'm totally over getting a master's degree. Like I, I have no desire. I I, I just don't. And I tell you, man, a lot of people, a lot of people are like that. You know, um, let me be honest with you, right? Because people will ask you, people ask me all the time. You know, oh Jamel, you ain't got a doctoral degree. Oh my God, that that's so amazing. And I just be sitting there looking at them like, you done yet? <laughs> it is amazing though. But but here's the reality. Here, here's what trip people up. If I had if I could go through my career the way I want to go through my career without having a master's or doctoral degree, I would have. Yeah. Wow. So that's that work twice as hard thing, huh? Yeah, I I would have. There's no way who wants to do I only know one person and God bless her soul. She already has one doctoral degree and now she's going back and get her second. And I said, You I, got to be crazy. 
Um, I, there's nothing in the world that would make me want to do that all over again. I mean, listen, I um, I did start taking some classes online. First of all, I'm not an online class taking person. Uh, yep, yep. And um, and, and you know, even oh gosh, and that's that's why I wanted to go. That's why I wanted to go uh, to school, you know, at the at that other university in Georgia because I was like, um, you know, it's in person. I can sit down. I'm in front of the professor. I can ask questions. I can be engaged. I can take notes. I like sitting in front of the class. Anyway, this is perfect. But now, fast forward to 2020, coronavirus, masks, uh, virtual learning. And I'm like, oh right. And that's all we got. Yeah. So That's all we got. I don't, I, I don't know. I, and and then you know, I'm. I have to be honest and say I really don't feel like neither in high school or college that we were fully prepared for the adult life once college was over. Oh no, no, we weren't. Because here's reality, man. So so. Oh. Actually, let me back up. Let me back up and say this. We were, but we didn't know that we were being prepared for that. Let me tell you why I say that. So had we or 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 the way that it was presented wasn't a reality or wasn't everybody's reality. So for black people, a lot of us are first generation college students. Um, you know, we're coming in, figuring this thing out by ourselves. A lot of us were paying for college by ourselves whether that be with loans or whatever mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that you know that was going to allow us to be debt free when we when we walked across the stage yeah and so the the lifestyle that or, or the things that were preached to us um so routinely did not always apply to us so um when you graduate, when I graduate, I, I can't speak for everybody else, but when I graduate, I graduate with a bunch of debt. Yeah. Um, and I look at other people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm debt free, I'm debt free, I'm debt free. Debt free. Well, you know, my parents <laughs> paid for everything out of college. I mean, out, out of pocket. Like, what? They did what? Must be nice, huh? Must be nice. Because let me tell you what my mama said she wasn't going to do. That shit. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So, so, um, ain't nobody got time for that, nobody, right? 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 And so, and so, when we graduated, we were ready for the. Well, there's two things, right? Like, we were told the average um, salary of somebody when they graduate with a um, bachelor's degree. I think at the time they were telling us it was like forty five thousand or something like that. You know huh? what I'm saying? Huh? And I was like, huh? and so okay. in my mind. I'm thinking, all right, cool. I can graduate with a bachelor's degree, start making forty-five, and move up from there. Right. No one told me. Okay. No Come one on told me that when I graduated, my I was gonna be sitting at a smooth thirty. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. not only was I gonna be sitting at a smooth thirty, I was gonna be sitting at that smooth thirty for years. For a minute. Yeah. So I mean, you have to think about um, expenses. Yeah. And no, and, uh, so I'm not gonna say that they didn't prepare us. All right, mm. I'm not gonna say that they didn't prepare college students. What I am gonna say is for those who actually had 
whether we come from low socioeconomic statuses or you know even even middle class you know what i'm saying we mm-hmm. weren't they didn't prepare us they were preparing mm-hmm. the upper echelon mm-hmm. those who had, those who were affluent and had the money and all that good stuff but for those of us who didn't they weren't preparing us uh you know <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I was financially illiterate. I, oh, I just have to be we honest. All were. We all were. Yeah. We all were financially illiterate. If if I was financially literate, I never would have moved onto campus. If I was financially literate, I absolutely would have been working a full time job all the way through yes. college. Yes. Was, you know what I'm saying? Like these these are things that. So I used to I used to wonder, you know, why is everybody out here working at Scanner? What the hell is going <laughs> yes. on at yes. yes, yes, But what Scanner was offering people was a full-time job that you would work at night. Mm-hmm. It was offering thirty between 30 to 40 hours a week, but you could go to your classes as regularly scheduled and, I didn't still, know that. and still work a full-time schedule. Yeah, I promise you, I had no idea. I had a, what you uh, call them jobs on campus? Oh, work, work Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Making so it, like $5 an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 were, they were shitting on us, man. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so when, we, when we sit back and think about it, man, none of us were really financially literate. Even those who were um, working at Scanner making all the money, they weren't financially literate as well. Cause they were still they they were, they didn't have roommates, you know. what I'm saying yeah. they were staying by themselves. Financially illiterate people like, hey, yo, if you're not making a home here, have roommates. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, cut, cut all your costs. Cut as many yeah. costs as possible. But none of yeah. us were really financially literate, you know. So that just that just was what it was. But I I definitely feel like for um for the majority of us, like for the majority of black people. You know, we're 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 graduating, um, you know, with a bunch of debt, and you know, we're having to figure it out. But you know, the thing that we have as a benefit to us, black folk been figuring it out since 1865. Honey, okay. So, you since know, the beginning of time, right? You know, so we we've been figuring it out in America since forever. You know, um, and the reason I say 1865 is, you know, that's when we were quote unquote free. Yeah. Huh. Um, and we could, you know, start making stuff shake for ourselves. And so there were a lot of black people who ended up making a lot of wealth for themselves. It just ended up being taken away with a lot mm-hmm. of the massacres and stuff that you know, happened across way, the yeah. South. Tulsa. So, Tulsa. <laughs> um, and you know, what's weird is, um, so USC Aiken is in Aiken, South Carolina, but you know, right down the road is North Augusta, South Carolina and Augusta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Both cities um, had similar massacres. Um, and in actuality, uh, on the South Carolina side, there were two. There was the Hamburg massacre, because North Augusta used to be called Hamburg. And then, oh, yeah. And then there was the, oh my God. Um, Oh, if we were having if we were having this conversation any other day, I'd be able to uh, name it. But um, there was another massacre that happened, and both massacres happened around the same time because what a lot of people uh, forget is across the South there were a lot of black people, meaning that there were a lot of black people um, to vote 
meaning that there were a lot of black people who were going to be running for office. So a lot of the government across the South, in the cities at least, at least the local governments, were black. And so these massacres ended up killing a lot of people um, to overthrow mm-hmm. those governments because the leadership was black. But then we turned around and figured it out again. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we always do. Figure it out again. So, you know, while we, while our college students are um, are struggling, you know, when they graduate, you know, they figure it out. Um, should they have to? No. But do they have mm-hmm. to? Do they have to? Absolutely. Um, and I say they. Do we have to? No, uh, no, no, no. Absolutely. But, you know, that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier about, you know, creating that space for your students. And I feel like um, we as a people, we have to have some type of unity amongst each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we need to we need to rebuild that village because it takes a village to raise a child. Right. And, you know, you have to. Oh man, there's just so many thoughts. Like we 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 have to come together. We have to work together. We have to learn how to trust each other. We have to put our differences aside. We have to be able to, you know, build this, rebuild this community so that we can thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, all I keep thinking about is buying some land and yeah. just moving to the country. And just, you know, living a basic lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Fulfilling, but, you know, do we really need all of these fancy, expensive, luxurious things? I don't know about you. It's I'm nice. Just, I'm just messing with you. Nah. No, 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 no. no, no. Right. Look, I mean, listen, right. I, I like some nice stuff. Now, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but, you know, I just feel like, you know, um... Carpentry is is a great skill to have. Some, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking I'm you always somebody knows somebody that knows somebody. It's good to network. Yep. Because you never know when you need some type of service or um, goods. You know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just you know why can't we just have these people, these skilled people, and just like hey, I want to build a house. I need you to help me. Yeah. House. I need you to help me with my plumbing. I need you to help me because I need, I don't know, something. Well, but if you get all these people who have all these skills together. Together, yeah. Together is the key, though. But I'm going to say this, right? Is what you're saying or what you're describing is what Tulsa, Oklahoma was. So, 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 okay, so let's, let's say this. Why, I don't even, I don't even want to take it there, but why do you feel like there's so much mistrust amongst each other? Oh, oh, okay. Good question. Um, because of people like Al Sharpton. So, so look, 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 I firmly believe that all skin folk and can folk. Come on now. Um, and it's not okay. it's not that I, you know, that I'm working from this area of distrust or whatever, but once somebody shows you who you are, you believe them, right? Believe so, them, yeah. so 
what what black folks have done to each other for a long time is take advantage of each other. Um, mm. We've taken advantage of you know favors that people um, are offering. We take advantage of people in general. We take advantage of our relationships, whether it's you know mm. um, romantic relationships or even friendship relationships. We take advantage of each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side to that, we down each other so much, you know, men down and women, women down and men, um, uh, 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 us looking at our politicians, right? Like we got Kamala Harris and I can't tell you how many times Kamala Harris has been attacked by black folk. And it's like, look, are you going to tell the whole story or just half the story? You know right. what I'm saying? Just to, you know, have yourself heard. Now, I'm all for holding other black people accountable. Absolutely. I ain't gonna say I'm a king of it, but I definitely will hold a black person accountable when it's not the most popular to do so. I don't care. But I also feel like there is, there, there comes a point in time when we have to alright, bet. I know that, you know what I'm saying, certain um, political parties or certain political uh, um, entities uh, like do not have our best interest at heart. Yes, but yes. they only do, I can only say they don't have our best interest at heart because of what they've done, what they've shown me, um, and I'm giving them a fair shake every time we vote. When we vote Democrat or we vote Republican, we give them a fair shake. But black folk don't give other black folk a fair shake all the time. Um, You're right. You're so, right. You know. Obama now, in, in many people's eyes, Obama can do no wrong. But then, when Obama left, black you still had black people saying, "Well, Obama really didn't do nothing for black folk." Well, you know, I doubt Kamala Harris is a VP or a VP candidate without Barack Obama being president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I doubt that some of the progressive things that were done, especially after the stock market crash of two thousand eight. Um, I doubt um, that those things are done without Barack Obama in, in, in office. Fair Housing Act. I doubt the Fair Housing Act is passed without Barack Obama. You know what I'm saying? And so we get so we get so um, caught up in what a person didn't do. Um, we don't pay attention to what they actually did. Right. You know. Um, or, I mean, I'm not, I've, I'm not into politics, right? Like, I'm not a politician. So I don't know how long it takes for things to get done. I can only imagine that unless you're out here signing executive orders like Agent Orange is right now. Okay. Um, you know, it can take a long time for things to get done. So while it may not have happened on our time, that's not to say that he wasn't working on it. You know what I'm saying? But we can look at what he did accomplish. And boom, but we do that to ourselves. We do that to each other all the time. You know, we hold each other to this um, to this standard of, you know, you've done it one time, you'll always do it. You know, we don't allow our, ourselves, we don't allow each other to evolve. And so... Oh, um, okay. And so, okay. So, like, you knew me in college, right? Um, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that between all the fun we had and um and alcohol we drank uh mm-hmm. an excessive amount sometimes um 
that we've had this kind of conversation, right? So, mm-hmm. so if you would have, if you would have um, judged me, right, on twenty one. Yes, y'all. I was twenty one when I was drinking. You know, legal drink, legal drinking. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if you would have judged me at thirty one, on when I was twenty one, that wouldn't be fair. It's unfair. Because yeah, there's ten years of evolution that has occurred. That if you are stuck in what I did ten years ago, you're not gonna allow me the um, the space. You're not gonna allow me the the grace to evolve or to have evolved over time. And so I think we do that to ourselves, we do that to each other a lot. And you'll hear me say like, we do it to ourselves because a lot of times we hold on to stuff that we did in our past. And Mm -hmm. because we're self-conscious about it, we project that on other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But we got to give ourselves uh, a little bit of grace between like, you know, but interpersonal, like now I play it like give people space to evolve um, and to become the, the actual person that they're going to be, right? Happened for me from 31 to 41, but I'm pretty sure something's going to happen. You know, um, that is um, a light bulb just kind of went off because evolution, growth, is such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just thinking back uh, to the beginning of this year. I'm definitely not the same quanta I was a year ago. I definitely am not the same quanta I was. So, you know, you know, I know you're talking about um, growth on a a larger scale, as far as like ten year span, but even incremental. One, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, and you know what? That's that's a lesson because sometimes we can be hard on others. Yeah. Unnecessarily. Um, but I guess w- where there has to be a fine line between when someone shows you who they are, believe them, and evolution, growth. Like people can change. That's that's so true. People can change, but sometimes when people have shown us their true colors we're just we just like wash our hands of them and we're done yeah you know sometimes you got to do that now i mean just just in you know yeah. everyday life like sometimes you just got to do that you know and it's, mm. it's because you're protecting your own space your own peace oh and your own sanity so like you you sometimes you just got to do that but i think a lot of times what you're describing is um the fool me once Shame on, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on, on me. Um, on. And so, what we've been accustomed to doing is, yo, you do me wrong one time, you gone. You know, yeah, because ain't gonna be no fool me twice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like J Cole. You know what I mean? J Cole said, "Fool me one time, yes. shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Right. Fool me three times, fuck the peace signs, load the chopper, let it rip. Like, but ain't gonna be no second time." In a in a yeah. lot of our in a lot of our relationships and, and and when we you know talk about interpersonal relationships, so um, ain't gonna be no second time. You do me wrong once, it's out. Especially you know, especially at our age now, right? Like our friend groups have dwindled down drastically. Oh my god! Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we probably got like five people that we really, really, really well, five five people outside of family that we really, 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 really trust. That you can count on your finger, right? Like, literally. Yeah. And so and so, if any of those five 
do something wrong, bro, you done. Like, I put all yeah. my trust in you. Yeah. And you you messed that up. And so, I mean, I, I, I understand it, but we also... I'm gonna be real. Like I, I don't put a hundred percent of my trust in nobody. Well, when I say when I say trust in, I don't mean a hundred percent of trust. I'm saying I trusted you as much as I can trust the individual. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but you know, I just, I, I really think like people. Here is honestly how I live and think. People will disappoint you. You cannot. Oh, like, absolutely. It's just inevitable. But see, it's I, I'm not gonna sit here and hold you. I ain't gonna hold you. There's a difference between being disappointed like somebody disappointed me expectations yeah like like <laughs> there's a difference between not meeting expectations right and yeah. you doing me wrong but you know let me say this i ex- if i'm 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 this type of person i will go out of my way and you may not even know that i'm going out of my way but i will go out of my way to you know, uh, do what I can for someone, especially if I hold them in a high regard. Right. But when it's not reciprocated, that's when, you know, um, <laughs> I get a little frustrated. Oh, yeah. You know, but and, and now is that is that an incorrect expectation because you're 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 you expect to be treated the way that you someone that you treat someone, you know? No, I don't, I don't think that's I don't think that's wrong at all. I, I don't I don't I don't think that's wrong at all. A lot of people say, Oh yeah, you can't expect you from everybody. Nah, player, let me tell you something. If I'm mm-hmm. giving you of me, if I'm giving you certain um uh um certain parts of me and you're not doing the same, we have a problem. Yeah. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause I me me and how I operate, like I am for for my people, you know. And I, I don't say everybody's my people, but but for my people, my people can get anything they they need from me. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. now I'll be honest, all my family members ain't my people. Come on now, huh. you know what I'm saying? Okay. But I okay. I have some friends who are more of my people than family, mm-hmm. so. I mean, yeah. that just is what it is. You know, like right now, I'm working on something for my sister. Now, I don't have no graphic design business. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't do this professionally, but she needed help. I'm rocking with her. You know what I'm saying? What you need? I got it. You got it. Yeah. But I feel like um, when, you, when you're doing that much for other people or for people in general, you literally have to sit back and um, um, evaluate those relationships periodically. And when mm-hmm. you evaluate those relationships, you realize that you're putting out and that person isn't. Mm-hmm. And you address it. Right. And you address it with that person. Mm-hmm. And they, their response is what's going to determine whether you stick around in that relationship Absol- or not. Absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> I I have this relationship with a family member, and well, I it's honestly not even a relationship, but there's this family member, and um, you know, I, I got a message, and the message was very lackluster, and you know, I had in that in that quick moment, 
I had to really come to terms with myself. I had to check myself and tell myself, Kwana, you decide whether you're going to give this person permission to control you, to take you outside of your character of who you are. Like you've worked so hard to, to uh, dig yourself out of this dark place. So, you know, just like you said, like someone is like how someone responds that determines how you're going to deal with the, or go about the relationship or, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and I just said, you know, I give myself, sometimes you have to give yourself permission to dismiss somebody out of your life or to not deal with it, to not give them the satisfaction because in reality, misery does love company. And some people may not be as comfortable with confronting their demons or issues or diving deep within themselves to figure out the root cause of why they behave, think, act the way that they do. But I really feel like um, I hate to really define myself as a millennial. I do. But I feel like as a millennial, we uh, we're kind of I don't want to say obsessed, (laughs) but obsessed with um, resolution. Like we we, we want to talk about things. We want to talk things out. At least I do. I don't want to leave room for um, interpretation or inaccurate interpretation. No, not even that. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Like I don't want to have unfinished business. I guess if that makes sense. Oh yeah, I feel you. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 like. Um, like going to therapy, you know, um, I talked about it. I don't know what episode. I think that was with Nicole. Um, I think it was, you know, I guess it's a brave, it is a brave thing to do. It's a decision that you make. It's, it's, it's realizing that there's something wrong and I may need help. You know, um, so yeah, just, just dealing with people who are less than cooperative. Like you, you mentioned, um, you, um, I guess you had a conversation with your mom and you had to say, hey, no, you can't say these things. And I, I feel like our parents grew up in a different era than we did where they didn't talk about things. Mm-hmm. And they were okay with that. But I just, I don't know about you, Jamel, but like, I, that doesn't sit right with me. Like, I need to talk about it. Because it's on my mind, it's on my heart, and I need to get it out. Because if I don't get it out... It's going to negatively manifest somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, maintaining these relationships can get tricky. And and we're different. Like, we're different from the generation before us. And we're different than the generation after us. You know, because... The things in, in the world are always evolving, always changing... And, you know, we didn't necessarily have the internet at our fingertips from birth. You know, maybe I think I remember the internet in fifth grade, getting on on Black Planet and everything like that. But, um, you know, with technology, things are changing. Like, even my nieces, like, like, they were little small babies and they knew how to operate a phone. 
touch screen. We didn't have, we had like in high school, I just had got my, my, uh, my, my, uh, cell phone. It was like a flip phone, like a mm-hmm. Nokia or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? So that just kind of goes to show you how, you know, the different generations are when they grow up, you know, with less technology, more technology, but, um, Dealing with relationships in general can be tricky. And I feel like it's 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 even more important for us to come together and have something be able to recognize, okay, everyone may not be in your corner, but for those people who are in your corner, cherish that because not everyone has it. Yeah. I know I just went on a little rant. Oh no, no, no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's something else, I tell you. But more so, uh, I, I guess the main thing is, I think we, we just want to break these generational curses. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know that's a, a fancy thing people are saying nowadays, but it's, it's real. And I mean, if you think it's about it. It's a real thing, people, yeah. We have done that with um, going to college, especially if you're the first and your family to go to college. Oh my gosh, this, I'm so proud of you. You know, but then there's more like we want to take it on a financial level. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, we want to have things, we want to accomplish things, and it may not even be monetary, but just a feeling of fulfillment and success and accomplishment. We want to, and I feel like our even our parents want us to do better than they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But you never stop. We I don't I don't I just it's just something that we I guess we're always chasing. We're always chasing to do better, always looking to improve ourselves. Yeah. Well I mean it's because because we have to improve so much to survive this game. Mm-hmm. Like it's there's no way there's no way that, that we survive. Mm, the middle passage. Oh my gosh! Come on. There's no way that we survive doing the same things that we were doing in the '60s and the '70s. Hmm. There's no, there's no way, right? You, you can't, you, you, can, you just can't do it because times have changed so much. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, we can, you know, what I mean, if we, if we take it back even, even further, yeah, we can go own farms, but at this point, if we did, if we haven't inherited the farm. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? If if we don't already have the learned skills to um, cultivate the farm, you know, Come whether on. it be with cattle or with um, produce or whatever, if we don't have all of that. We literally, you know what I'm saying, paddling uphill or paddling upstream, you know what I'm saying, trying to make something happen that just ain't going to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? So like my um my dad, they used to I can't remember what crops they used to um they used to uh grow uh, when he was a kid. But he's like, yeah, man, every summer we get out there and do this. Like my my parents just you know yeah. what I'm saying, they get out there and show me how to do this. Yeah, in the field. In the field. You know what I mean? But then you take me at 31, put me in the field and be like, here you go, with no skill with no functional idea on how to make this thing work on how to grow the first crop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's more than just putting the seed in the ground and putting some water on top of it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to mess it up. But 
We always find a way. <laughs> we always we, now now we got YouTube. You know what I'm saying? So, so I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to YouTube. You feel me? Uh, Listen. Uh, and and, and yeah. that's the thing, like when you when you when you shooting blind, you gonna mess up at some point. Like oh, oh you yeah, gonna have to oh, be yeah. you like it, you gotta be extremely lucky to not mess up. So shooting blind is not what I want to be doing ever. But but I will also say that shooting blind sometimes bodes well because now you're able to create your own path. But I mean, in reality, right now, because we're trying to get to a certain place. Creating your own path honestly takes too long, and it, and we're not going to see the benefits immediately of creating our own path and being successful in doing so. Our children will, yeah, but we're not going to see that. And so, it, I think it's for our generation, it's extremely important for us to um, realize that, like, yeah, like we're going to get to a point where we can live comfortably and all that good stuff. But we really have to be doing it for the next generation and generations after that. Because yeah. I think I think that's what we haven't gotten to yet. So I'm gonna go back to your question about you know my higher education philosophy. Like every job is needed. It's needed. You know, I mean every job is necessary. You like you can't have a college without carpenters, without electricians. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, like you can't have any of this without, you know, those who um, um, are skilled workers. You know what I'm saying? But then at the same time, who's managing the money? The accountants who had to go to that higher education, that the institution yeah. of higher education that the electricians Absolutely. and the carpenters just built. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Well, well it's a service. It's a, yeah, yeah but, cycle. And then who's teaching the accountants? You know what I'm saying? Well, the teachers who are making 38, 40,000 a year you know what I'm saying? Overworked and all that good stuff, but they're necessary. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, well how do they become teachers? Well, they got to yeah. go. Like, they're so. Yeah. They're, yeah. Like, all of these jobs are necessary, and some require more schooling than others. Yeah. Like, it's not saying that one mm-hmm. route is better than the other, one mm-hmm. just requires more work, or not even say more work, just more formal education than others. I would even venture to say that there's a place for the social for the social media influencers. I would argue that they are necessary as well. They put out um they put out a whole a whole different type of um revenue stream that many of us never seen. You're right. So now because we have because we have so many different uh, avenues for revenue streams, you know, I, I, I sit back and I look and I'm like, boy, these, these guys are on YouTube. Lift, this is their job to play yes. Call of Duty <laughs> seven hours at a time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. film themselves doing it. That's their job. And they make money doing it. You know what I'm saying? But, but I, I did but it's unconventional, but then, you know, some people feel like, oh, you can never make money doing X, Y, and Z. You can literally make money doing anything. Absolutely. I mean, they used to say the same thing about people taking their clothes off. Hmm. And I don't know about y'all, but I watched P-Valley. Um, <laughs> uh, and I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, you should. It's, um, it's, actually, it's actually pretty decent. 
And, you know, I'm watching it and the money that's coming out of that thing, I'm like, what in the world is going on? Is this how much money strippers make on a regular, let me not call them strippers, uh, 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 exotic dancers, you know what I'm saying, that they make on, on on a nightly basis? That's a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Like to <laughs> to raise twenty thousand dollars, that's like to just ha- and just have it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But you, like you said, you can make money doing anything. You literally can. Like now, now, now you talk. You talking about taking out clothes? Uh, uh, what's the site called? Only, Only fans. Only fan, and you know what's crazy about it? A lot of women make money on OnlyFans, and all they and they ain't never shown a nipple. Yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why get a sugar daddy? We can get an OnlyFans, <laughs> right? Right. And I mean, like for me, I, I sit back and I'm like, you know, if it was, if I was a woman, and I was in my early early twenties. I would be strongly considering an OnlyFans. Now, would my faith be in it? Probably no. not. Probably no. not. Mm-mm. But I, at least I would be strongly considering what that would look like from, you know, uh, from a money-making and sustainability perspective. Some people have some of the um, uh, uh, most unusual, I guess, fetishes. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone has a foot fetish. Like all you gotta do is show your feet and like literally be pouring yeah. people people be pouring milk on their feet and be making money off of pouring milk on their feet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, bro, that's what? bizarre to me. Like, I, what I in the even... actual hell <laughs> is going on here? But I mean, it's 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 whatever floats your boat, you know. Like, I, yeah. like even even with so podcasts, right? So, so mm-hmm. you know, we're on a podcast right now, but podcast is a a pat a adaptation from what we would know as the typical radio shows. Oh, absolutely! And so that ha- that realm of entertainment has evolved. So there are a lot. I listen to this one podcast, and I'm gonna shout them out just because, um, just because uh, I think their podcast is genius. Um, but it's called Cocktails. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard of that. Uh, yeah. So um, they talk about a lot of different um, topics around sex, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of the taboo things that you would talk about with your friends, but you wouldn't put out there. They're talking about on their podcast. And I sit back and I'm like, yo, like, what's like, at first I was like, wow, like they really going in. Should they really be doing this? Like what? What are their day jobs? Um, you know, care mm. about it. But now I thought about it. I'm like, really and truly, if they're making money, mm-hmm. or if they're being able, or if they're setting themselves up to make a certain amount of money, or or have a certain career mm-hmm. in, in entertainment, who cares? Because that's mm-hmm. not what they're trying to do for the rest of their life. No way. Absolutely, absolutely, so, and it's. I, I think it also also could be a means to an end to um you know for it to be for it to develop or lead them into another realm of possibility. Exactly. Exactly. 
Because because it's not just, oh, yeah, let me tell you about, you know what I'm saying, how I was busting it wide open. Let me tell you how I was busting it wide open. Like, nah, they talk about STDs, STIs. Um, they talk about um, the different types of relationships. With, I mean, of course, there's the monogamous relationship. Then there's the open relationship, the polyamorous mm-hmm. relationship, the polygamous relationship. You know, like, they talk about all of those things. Um, they bring sex workers on on um, as guests. Like, they they really you know what we know as sex right right it's the world of sex and all the topics within and they hit on that all right cool bet that's their thing they find their they found their niche they're working mm-hmm. within their niche they have mm-hmm. they're very consistent with it and boom you know they got a lot of endorsements and all that good stuff so boom but again podcast like th- what they are doing it's the exact same thing that radio stations do. Radio stations, that's how they pay the bills. That's right. Endorsements. And so, yeah. like, it's the that's same right. thing. So podcasts are the evolution from radio shows. And so, like, everything evolves. You know what I mean? So, like you said, you can make money doing anything, but as black folks, we got to Stop looking at people, looking down on people when they find alternative routes to make money. Absolutely, absolutely. Like absolutely. These, these alter, like gone are the days where the only way you can make money is if you were working in a factory, or if you were, um, you know, giving a bunch of money. Like those days are gone. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because now you got people who not about like these people not about to go work in a factory. Mm-mm. But what they are going to do, they're going to bring a form of entertainment. Yes, they're gonna. They're gonna... Well, I mean, here's here's what I believe. I feel like figure out what you're good at, what you're good at, and you you just stick with it. Right. You, you do. You, you like I was, you know, sometimes and when I'm writing, and I know you waiting on the book. <laughs> waiting on the book. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, man. When the chronicles are released, Lord. <laughs> talking to somebody and it was like oh I was reading that thing and I was like uh, I, don't know, I just be thinking you know but it, it, it's just for me like the so I'm not saying I don't get mental blocks because I do but sometimes it just comes natural and yeah. I'm just like okay I'm gonna be honest I don't want to write about sex all the time but uh, yeah, so you don't want to be zane no huh? oh, no I don't <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just it really comes natural to me so I'm like oh, okay whatever just write it but um, I, I feel like the whole podcast thing for me was just about me wanting to talk about certain topics right. and feeling like people needed to hear them and it wasn't as simple as that right and it, see it really- and so and I'm a, I'm a just for your listeners or anybody who may be new coming to your podcast you know they may have, they may have come to your podcast for for um, a different reason because they saw the word kinky in your, oh. in your title. Okay, I'm here to yes. tell people kinky ain't talk, they ain't talk about the type of kinky that you're thinking. They're talking about <laughs> hair. Talking it about is hair. It's <laughs> hair, kinky hair. So we're talking about black issues, issues yes. in the black community, not issues in the bedroom, which. Could be a part of issues in the black community. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, but but that's not. It ain't that type of kinky. You feel? It's not. No, like I I promise you, 
I was talking to uh, my ex and he was like, uh, I was thinking of a name. I was like, help me think of a name. And he was like, natural. And I was like, natural? What? No. He's like, you know, you, you got natural hair. I was like, I said, kinky sounds better. You know, and that's literally and I don't, the sexy cool just came with it. I don't know how. And I was like, okay, we'll roll with it. You right. know? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that uh, people uh, realize that, but uh, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm here to put people on game. Okay. We ain't talking about sex. Well, we might talk about sex, but not this episode. Yeah, look, yeah that's what I'm saying. <laughs> look, <laughs> Quantum went to college with me. That's all I got to say. So, <laughs> so that is enough. I ain't going to tell all you, Benny. Please don't. Lord <laughs> Jesus. God is still working on me. He is still oh, oh, working on me. Okay, and he's still working on me. I'm a I'm continuously a work in progress. <laughs> But um, no, this was this was great. I mean, I feel like people uh, again. I just feel like this is a conversation that people need to hear. We need. It, we, I feel like we talk about it amongst ourselves. I'm not saying that it's not being talked about on a. Um, I'm not gonna say a larger platform. This is this is a decent sized platform, but um. It's just a conversation that we need to continue to talk about because these issues matter and we need to realize that we're in the perfect situation right now to, you know, be a catalyst for change to help right. put things in place for the next generation. Because right. they, 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 there is there is no reason why 30 to 50 years from now that people should still be protesting and marching about the same things. Right. Well, I'm I'm gonna say this, um, Quana, I'm I'm not very shy about saying this. Um, we need to get our black asses out there and vote. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're marching on can be legislated, um, or at least it can be helped through legislation. Uh, yes, but what we do is we say, "Oh yeah, our vote ain't gonna matter no way." In which, in some cases, it may not, right? Like, if if in your state, uh, because of the way the electoral college votes, um, if if in your state, you know, the Democrat that you didn't want to win or the Republican that you didn't want to win ends up winning that state, then they get those electoral colleges. Then in that case. You know, when we talk about on the electoral college level, then no, your vote doesn't matter. But at the same time, how do you think they're going to, like, who you want to win is going to win? Right? Like, you have to vote. If you don't vote, then you're pretty much, from your perspective, guaranteeing the other person is going to win. Like, you're conceding, you know, your issues to the, the the other side. And I don't know that you should um, that you should do that. You know what I'm saying? Even in uh, local elections, I think local elections are even more important than our federal uh, federal elections. Like, I, I think um, you know your your city council, your mayors, uh, your uh, superintendents, your school boards. Like, you, I think all of those things are extremely important, and you have to you know be a part of that process because those people are making decisions for you. That directly, yeah, directly affect you. So mm-hmm. I think I think you got to get out there, and you know that those are going to be 
voting or and, and you know putting people in certain positions um you know of power to make decisions for us um that's how we're not going to be marching on the same things you know 50 years from now but if we don't if we do not vote and we just continue to conceive um our our issues and our ideas you know to uh the other side then we're gonna we're gonna be marching for the same thing in 50 years it's gonna happen and i personally i'm here to tell you i don't want that for my kid you know like i don't want i don't want that for my son i don't want that for any of our children so it kind of really makes me um you know of course not have any children but it makes me nervous about having children i mean yeah like it it it, it should I, like I'm a, I'm one of those like realist people. Like I'm a somebody asks me a question, I'm gonna answer the question. But I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it should scare you. Um, and I and I think for most people, most sane people, people in their right mind, people who actually have some common courtesy or decency about themselves, they're gonna say the same thing. Like they're gonna say, "Nah, player, like I really don't want to bring a child into this mess, white or yeah. black." or Hispanic or Asian. Like, mm-hmm. like, nah, I don't want to bring a child into this mess. But here's, but you got other people who say everything's fine. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong. Everything's fine. Show me. They're making it Show up, me. You know? And so yeah. those are the people and, and the, the, the thoughts and attitudes and ideals and feelings um, that are going to keep us uh, the, or the, that keep the fight going, right? Like, those are the those are the thoughts that keep the fight going. If those thoughts didn't exist, we would already be in a place where racism and, you know, um, no, really institutional racism and other things wouldn't be an issue. Maybe we, right. we would have already reached that. But because people like Donald Trump, um, who believe that there isn't an, a race issue in our, in our country, um, the fight will continue. You know, I, I, I think I really believe um, uh, it's so many it's so many factors, but definitely the media has its hand in everything, and I really believe they 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 want to they they want it to be. I can't even fucking talk. <laughs> they they I can't talk. They they want a racial war. Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. know and. I just don't think here is here is the real the, the real the real real. It's not about black and white. It's really good versus evil. Yeah. And right and wrong. And right and wrong. And I and I feel like just we're educated. We know, okay, not all white people are bad. Right. And I I do believe there are some white people out there that know the same. Not all black people are bad. Right. But there are some people who make it bad for everyone else. Well, yeah, but this is where I always sit back, right? So anytime I have these conversations about race, I'm always taking it back to historical perspective. Mm-hmm. And so when, yes, there are black people who do things wrong. Absolutely, there are. There are also white people who do things wrong. Yes, oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. are. But I think when we start talking about you know, uh, 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 there are people who, you know, make it bad for the rest of us. You know what I mean? All right, cool. So 
usually it, they're talking about not they, but you, you know what I'm saying. But talking about black on black crime, right? Um, oh, I wasn't even touching on that, oh, but yeah. uh, does that not piss you off? It does. It does because here's his reality, right? Like black on black crime is only brought like literally the only time black on black crime is brought up is when you're trying to combat Black Lives Matter. Police retaliate. Police, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like those are apples and oranges. See, Black Lives Matter is protesting on trying to fix the situation that Black people are in as it relates to their interactions with police officers. Where mm-hmm. Philando Castile is gunned down in his car, being as cooperative as possible. Where Tamir Rice a boy, a kid, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. pre-teen. I don't even think he was a teenager yet. It's shot was because he was mm-hmm. playing with a toy gun a toy in gun. a park. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like minding these, his own business. Minding his own goddamn business. Yeah. And so here you are. You know, you got all of these all of these situations. Like, that's what Black Lives Matter is for. But you cram, um, you redline. Right, like redlining was a real thing. Yeah, you know, like white flight was a real thing, and you know, you say, "Oh yeah, well, uh, why, why, like, white flight shouldn't have been that uh, uh, that detrimental community?" Well, yeah, it should have been because the generational wealth that had been created by white people was was providing a providing a space in the cities. For or at least providing resources in the cities for black people and people of color in general to um, benefit from the education system. But then you take that money, you take those resources outside of the city. Then what? The education si- the education system goes downhill. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like funding for for education is through property taxes. It's property taxes. Well, property taxes go, or property um, uh, value goes down. What mm-hmm. also goes down? Property taxes. <laughs> so, so you take you have less resources. What's gonna happen? Property value is gonna go down, which directly mm-hmm. affects the property taxes. Mm-hmm. Directly affects the education funding. Mm-hmm. So we get we get to this point, or we get to the space where people are like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Put put yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, nah, player, the bootstraps been up. (laughs) The bootstraps been up. Every time we tie the motherfuckers, we keep getting pushed back down. Like, there are multiple times in history where black people are on the rise and then something happens and they're knocked back down. And like, 10 steps forward, 30 steps backwards. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And it's it, it, every time, every time. And here we are, you know, we're talking about a time right now um, where our commander in chief is talking about defunding agencies that offer diversity training. What <laughs> in the hell are you talking about? You, but this comes from this comes from um, a, a, a condition called racial avoidance. This condition uh, causes those in the majority not to talk 
about race or not to talk about the issues revolving around race or not to acknowledge that these things actually exist. Here's reality, though. If you acknowledge that race, one, that race exists, if you mm-hmm. acknowledge that there are issues in race, mm-hmm. then you acknowledge your privilege from those situations. Mm-hmm. And you have to acknowledge the history behind how you got that privilege and how those mm-hmm. and how other people have become disadvantaged. And so they're not ready to face and they're it. not ready to face that. So and instead of facing it, we're gonna make sure that you don't talk about it. If you're not talking about it, then we can probably, you know, push it under the rug at least for That's another right. 20, 30 years. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I, I you know I just feel like people are sick and tired of being sick oh, and tired. Oh, yeah. Like I don't agree with all the the looting and, and all that good stuff. But at the same time, it's how many times do you put your 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 knee on somebody's neck? Okay, you know what I'm saying, and and expect them not to to come back or retaliate or um, absolutely or or show their frustration. You know what I mean? Like we don't have we don't have as black people we don't have the um, it, even in professional spaces we don't have the. Um, I would say uh, uh, the green light to t- to talk about our actual feelings on things mm. because if we do we get we we can pretty much say we're going to get fired like we can safely say I, I can safely say if i walked in to uh, my boss's office or my boss's boss's office or my boss's 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 office and i said hey yo i think blah 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 and calling out certain things that may actually be accurate Here's the reality. No, player. You might be gone. You you just wrote a check. Just couldn't cash. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it puts, a, it puts us into a corner. And some people, when they get pushed into a corner, the only reaction that they have or the reaction that they know is either violence or chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there you go. You... So I'm not condoning the activity of the looters. You know, and, and those who, um, you know, sought to, you know, destroy property and all that good stuff. But what I am saying is we got to understand the root cause of that. We can't just be back. Yeah, they were wrong. They were wrong. They were wrong. Okay, yeah, but why were they there? Hmm. Right. It's, 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 it's a discussion that people are uncomfortable with. Very, very much so. And uh, they, like you said, they they want to just sweep it under the rug, ignore it. They they don't want to face it because when they have to talk about it, they're faced with accountability. Yep. And you know what they don't want to be accountable. <laughs> but you know, I just I feel I do feel like some people want to be oppressed, so they can be like, no, look at me too. I too have been discriminated against. Oh, yeah. Let me show you how. Yeah, oppression Olympics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oppression Olympics. Re- That's what it is. It's a race. It's, it's, it's oppression <laughs> Olympics. They, uh, no, re- reality. The reality is, um, in, in oppression Olympics, what ends up happening is, um, and I had this conversation with somebody um, not too long ago, but um, what ends up happening is people will, for example, black people. Black people, we, we know what's wrong with us. We, 
know what I'm saying? Like the plights of our of our communities and all that good stuff. Like we know. Issue is everybody else don't know. And so what happens is you have this whole um 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 what's the word or the, the phrase that has been used? Uh, oh yeah, that's the one. All lives matter. Mm. You have people coming in pulling the all lives matter stuff. Oh yeah, but this happened to black people, but it also happened to my people as well. Or it also oh, happened yeah. to this group of people as well. That ain't what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Mm, yeah, like when you bring up slavery, the thing I'm talking about, um, who is it? Uh, the the uh, I know you're talking about it's the Irish. Irish, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, okay, but that ain't what I'm talking about. Like, you can't what? make, you can't change what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know, the Irish. The, the, the privilege is the color of your skin. Correct. Because here's the thing about Irish, and this is what a lot of people don't don't say. You know what I'm saying? Yes, when Irish came here, they were they were um, you know slaves. Um, but a lot of the Irish people were only slaves for a certain period of time until they quote unquote paid off their time or their trip to America. And then after mm. that, they were allowed to be in America. And passed as white people. Hmm. So, so that there's a difference in Irish slavery and black slavery. But I'm not here to when somebody in Irish uh, or somebody of Irish descent says, "Yeah, my ancestors were were slaves. They helped build this country." Man, right on, because my people was too. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? But there's a difference in saying in saying that and saying, "Yeah, you know." My people built this country, blah, blah, blah. Nah, but you can't say that because my people did too. Like those are two completely different statements. Like I understand where somebody can come off and be like, oh yeah, you know, um, my, my, my people built this country on their backs. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, and that's it. Period. Okay. Like there's nothing, like I, why, why do I want to you know, do the whole oppression Olympics thing with you. Why? Right. You know, it's not a competition. It's not. And as a matter of like it discredits it discredits the whole um conversation. It discredits you as an individual when you're sitting here trying to tell somebody, yeah, mm-hmm. you got it bad, but you don't got it as bad as me. What? Right. Like, right. Like, like why why are we doing that to each other? You know, you um know, it's it, it you know what I what I what comes to mind I just I don't argue with fools. I you know when someone is trying to outdo me in a conversation, I'm right. just like, okay, you can have that. Right. I'll let you know that. Like I'm just I'm not very argumentative. I'm just like, if you think you're right, okay, be right, whatever. So. Whatever. Well see, I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not like that. I I will I was talking to one of my uh, one of my colleagues one day. Um, and he's he's a Hispanic male, okay. And um, but he's a historian, so um, oh, you know he he has you know a lot a lot of knowledge, and I I will never discredit his knowledge on the things he knows about. However, <laughs> he caught me on the wrong, um, and it wasn't bad. It re- it really wasn't bad um, at all. I will say this though. Um, that was a day that I told him, like, hey, bro, you just all lives matter to me. 
Mm. We were talking about we were talking about the Confederate flags and all of that, um, you know, all around America. Yeah, and here's the reality of of those Amer- of those Confederate flags. Those Confederate flags were well, one. The Confederate flag we see isn't even the actual Confederate flag. That's number number two. With those Confederate monuments, if if the same monuments were in Germany um, for the Nazis, you'd be in jail. Oh yeah. Like they're not playing those games. So, but but that's to say that you know, it's uh, it undermines what we endured. I not we, but I guess our ancestors. Well, yeah, no, no, and this is where this is where um, me and him had kind of, you know, disagreed. Um, he made the comment: there are statues of Christopher Columbus all through, you know, Puerto Rico or other places, you know, and I bet that there's not a Hispanic person that wants to tear down the Christopher Columbus uh, uh, monument. Like, bro, not the same thing. We're talking about two completely different things. You're talking about a person who, right or wrong, you know what I'm saying, came over and started something. Right, like you're talking about fake discovery, fake discovery, fake, fake discovery. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's 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 a that's a historical thing, right? Oh yeah. What I'm talking about is a whole uprising to overthrowing government for the sole purpose of keeping black people enslaved. Come on now, you know. Okay, so 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 let me say this now. Um, I talked to one of my friends. This was a few years ago. I remember when I was in. Uh, high school there was an assignment and the assignment was um, I, I guess it was on silver not so uh, I don't even remember anyway I wrote it on um, Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. and the Emancipation Proclamation and uh, I remember specifically saying you know Abraham Lincoln is so intent to free the slaves was not uh, a genuine thing. No, it was not. It was, you know, it, well, you wanted to get control of, listen, if he wanted to free the slaves, he could have done it a long time ago, but yep. it was, uh, it, he wanted to grab the South by their balls, right? So yeah. to say. Well, because here's, here's the other part of it. I didn't mean to cut you off, but here's the other part of it. And a lot of people don't know this. Abraham Lincoln um, also gave the South um, an out. I'll let you keep your slaves. You just got to play. You know? You know? And so, anyhow, you know, I I wrote that in the paper. You know, he didn't didn't really want to or whatever. Wasn't his sole intent. But, um, and he's just like, no. He did. He did that, you know, as a whatever he wrote on my paper. And I'm just like, whatever. So my friend was like, uh, no, nah, he wanted to free those slaves. And I was like, nah, bro. He, did. <laughs> he like, he really did. Like, and it's just, it's just it, it was, uh, that was his best way 
to gain control of the situation. And it just so happened, uh, you know, by the grace of God, we were freed. Ancestors were freed, but we weren't, we still weren't. And even to this day, I mean, are we really completely 100%? Mm-mm. Okay. No. Okay. No, we're not. We're not one hundred percent free. No. Okay. I just you know, had to check. <laughs> no. Yeah, man. Like, nah. If if we, we are still, and I hate to say it, like, yeah, you know, or whatever, but we are still under a certain control that has never been checked. Yeah. We are under a certain uh, a certain governmental control that has never been reevaluated after uh, it was determined. It, like and it's written down, right? Like it was determined that it was not created for black people. The system was not built for us. That's for at sure. all. At all. Like like it's been written down, and so they've never, never in history have they gone back. To reevaluate the makeup of our government to account for that. Not once have they done this. So, mm. so you you're talking about you know what I'm saying you're asking me you know are we free? How can we be? All right. If it's the same government, the same, the same mean, document. Like we work, yeah, we still working on the Constitution, right? We're still working under the Constitution. The Constitution that says liberty and justice, uh, or, or I'm sorry, um, uh, we hope in their liberty. Yeah, mm-hmm. all men are created equal, blah, blah, blah. And they uh, have these inalienable rights. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it says that, but then we also have to have amendments mm. that Come on says, now. oh, wait, the Constitution was lying. But now we're giving black people the right to vote. Those 13, 14, you know what? and 15 you know minutes are crazy. I'm going to be real with you. I, I never thought about it in that light until you just said that. <laughs> yeah, like, like, um, like really, the 13, 14, and 15th amendments are basically like, nah, player, my bad. We forgot y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like literally, that's what the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. But but here's were. but here's a document though. Uh, y'all y'all good? Right, right, right. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna put it down, but we're not actually gonna weave it in our government. And, <clears> that's, <throat> and that's what the problem was. They wrote it down. It sounded good. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? But what did you do? Did you actually weave it into the fabric of our government? Because see, because here's the reality. Racism was woven into the fabric of our government. Oh, yeah. So now, are you going to weave us in and and take out racism? But you, I mean, but then, you got to think about it. If, like, if you're sewing, if you're sewing a shirt, right, or you're sewing a sweater, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever, crocheting or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't take certain pieces out. You you take one thread out, and guess what that does it, to the entire garment? It unravels, and you got to start all mm-hmm. over. You okay. know what I'm saying? So. Here we are in a in a space where we we never started all over. We didn't we didn't yeah. take that we didn't take that one strand out, you know what I'm saying, of uh of racism to uh you know start back over. 
and uh and reweave what we what was already woven. Nah, yeah. we, we didn't do that. So so that's why we still have the issues we have uh with our government because our government still has racism woven through the fabric of um of its found of its foundation. I mean that's basically what we're dealing with. Yeah. And I, I you know that I I I feel like I've said this. I'm not sure if I said it publicly, but um and I'm gonna try to wrap this up because it's gonna cut us off in like two minutes. Oh. But <laughs> um I I believe, you know, we have to make changes on a um uh what is it? Uh I can't think of the word. Um a legislative yeah. to the legislature because that's that's really where but you know it 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 does take people kind of standing their ground yep. and saying I'm not going to tolerate this behavior from you no matter who you think you are I mean it's just right. we have to just put it into it and it, it's, it's so sad because I feel like people's lives are at stake but if not now when yeah yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, Jamel, I definitely, you know, we could talk about this all night. All night. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, um, no, no I, I definitely thank you for, for joining me today. We definitely discussed a lot. And, um, you know, I just hope that it is well received from the listeners and that they, they learn something. And hopefully they, you know, we can implement some of the things that we talked about to rebuild our community and make it better and don't forget everybody i need to go out and vote for sure for sure november <laughs> 3rd man get out there <laughs> make sure you're registered make sure you go vote and you can even register to vote on facebook that's how easy it is right now register to vote on facebook on facebook at your local offices and right wherever wherever you can register register right because the time is now because i mean i'm gonna be real i don't really see things getting any better anytime soon i'm just i'm just being real. I don't know, these are facts these are facts but we got to do our parts and try that's right we got to try all right Jamal, i appreciate you Not a problem. uh do you want to do you want to leave your instagram handle or anything you don't have to i mean it's um i don't even know it off the top of my head um, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Look me up. Me, me and Quan are friends, and I follow the Kinky Shakes and Cool Web uh, uh, Instagram page as well. So y'all will see me there. All right, Jamel. You take care, all right? All right, you too.